0: This is an AMI podcast. Welcome to the best of Double Tap on YouTube. Your chance to catch up on the videos we posted this week. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Preece.
1: Hey everybody! Welcome to Double Tap on YouTube. Sean Priest is with me, Stephen Scott. Hello, Sean Priest. Hello, Stephen Scott. What are we doing on YouTube? This is ridiculous. I have absolutely no idea. This is probably Mister F's big idea. Uh, in fact, it is. Let's just let's just be brutally honest about it. <laughs> This is Mister F's big idea. He said, "You know, look, Stephen, the, the radio show is doing okay. The podcast numbers are good. But you know what mm. we really need here? We need more people mm. listening to your show, and the place to go is YouTube because it is, I believe, the fastest growing place on the internet for a video podcast.
2: Is it really? Well, mm. what's what's wrong with that Instagram and that tiki Tacky? Well, you know, the, uh, there's see, the lots of the, people on there.
1: Uh, see, the problem with the Tiki Ticky is it's too quick. You see, it requires you to make your point." in a very short space of time. no, forget it. Forget it. Plus, I I cannot dance. Every video is three seconds long. Can you imagine? (laughs) I I can't even form a single thought in about two minutes. So there is no chance of me being able to form a thought that can fit inside a (laughs) ticky-tocky video. No chance. And you're right, I don't dance either.
2: No, we'll give YouTube a chance. It's good to be here.
1: Exactly, as John Lennon said. That's exactly mm, what he mm. said. I believe that is exactly what he said. There's no give way you can disprove that. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, give YouTube a chance, is what John said. And, and I, I'm with that as well. He also said woman. And I, I also agree with that as well.
2: Oh, well done. What a, what a great start yeah. on YouTube. He, he Please, also said just like something over,
1: which might be not a bad idea for us to consider at some point. <laughs> and, and that's just in general. Uh, but yeah, Double Tap is a, a daily show on AMI Audio, Accessible Media Inc. In Canada. Uh, It is broadcast on a channel in Canada that we uh, broadcast out on to uh, Canada, and indeed we broadcast to the wider world on the podcast as well. And as some of you might have heard of Double Tap, if you've ever searched for Double Tap, maybe looking for us, uh, you might have found us, because you generally find us in amongst the the gun nuts and the uh, zombies. Um, Zombie films? I like Yeah, the zombie films, yeah. Yeah, That's fine. I had no idea until I started doing Double Tap that... This had—I had no idea about the gun reference, and I had no idea yep. about the—is it the same thing? Because Double Tap
2: is about shooting, isn't it? It's about shooting twice. Or oh, something. Is that what you uh, yeah, do let's, to let's, kill let's, a zombie? Let's, yeah, let's not dwell on that. But there was a, a recent movie released with the, uh, the the name Double Tap and it—Zombieland. I'll be honest, it Zombieland. Yeah, all right. Well, don't give a free promotion away, honestly. Oh, sorry, I, I
1: didn't realize you're we were the magic. We, I didn't realize we had that kind of power. <laughs>
2: Yes. Well, not yet. This but now lucky we're on to get YouTube. Five
1: views and, and you're seriously <laughs> thinking we've got any power on this?
2: Yes. Well, the film did help us. So, God bless you, Zombie Land. Thank you, Zombies. You have, yes. uh, your, your lack of brains have uh, helped us I have
1: to say, there's a, a lot of similarity between us and Zombies, as you'll find when you watch
2: this podcast. Yeah. <sighs> but what is Double Tap all about, Stephen Scott?
1: Well, supposedly, uh, at least on the rapper, it's about technology. So if you're blind, like we are, I'm blind, he's blind. Hello. Um, hello. Hello, blind people. And if you're not blind, uh, we're, we're here for you too. Uh, we're, we're not you. exclusionist or whatever no, the word is. everyone not, is welcome. Everyone is welcome. And uh, yeah, what we do is we talk about tech from our perspective as blind people. So in the videos you're going to watch, you'll be able to understand a bit about how blind people use tech. Because you know the first thing people say? The first thing people say is,
2: oh, "Blind person, how do you use an iPhone?" Ah, <laughs> oh, blind people! I bet
1: you don't watch television. <laughs> All in the voice of a Scottish Peter Griffin
2: from Family yeah. Guy. <laughs> um, it's exactly in that voice as yeah. well, always. <laughs> No 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 to be fair there are some perfectly uh, there's lots no, of there, there are some that people, people say make sense but most people How don't- do you use something like that yes and <laughs> even even someone who's just recently lost some vision or all of their vision may think well that's it I can't use a TV anymore I can't use a computer or a smartphone anymore
1: yeah Although in saying that, you listen to our show sometimes and all the things we talk about are all the things we can't use. So that's kind of also, also quite interesting, the <laughs> challenges we do face. There are, there are legitimate problems as well, which is kind of what we want to raise on this. But look, if you listen to the show every day, if you're a fan of Double Tap, if you've come here thinking, oh, even more Double Tap, well, that, that is exactly what this is about, right? We're going to jump on here every so often. We're going to pick up on some of the topics that perhaps you don't get the chance to, because even though we're on, an, on here every single day for an hour, We don't always get the chance to talk about everything we want to because, you know, I do have to spend quite a lot of time talking about uh, sausages, Mm. uh, cheese, and, uh, Mm. you know, usually stuff that's kind of what I call technology adjacent, you know, like a sausage next to an air fryer
2: kind of thing. And adjacent is being very, very generous.
1: Very generous. (laughs) Yeah. I'm being extremely nice to myself today. Uh, But yeah, that's what Double Tap's all about. So uh, come along for the ride. It is going to be an interesting and bumpy experience. Uh, We do talk about tech. Uh, here on uh, this channel, we are going to try and focus in, I say try, because if you listen to the show, you'll you'll know, we don't often uh, stay on track for very long. I think this no. is a perfect example of that. Um, yes. But it is an this opportunity was... for us to kind of explain more about how tech benefits us. And that's what Double Tap really is all about. We also share our own stories as well. We sometimes get a little bit, um,
2: it's a bit personal about our own lives, our own lives. Uh, but, Don't you know, bring it down, Stephen I'm Scott. It down. I'm, I'm telling We're sharing. You We're opening up. We're being emotional. It's I, I, not I, I, a well, weep I, I, listen, fest.
1: Listen, listen, Mr. F told me that that oh. gets the numbers up, right? So if you start crying, oh, right.
2: then people start okay. you know, paying attention. I guarantee that Stephen Scott will cry sometime on YouTube. Keep watching. <sighs> yeah,
1: it will be a sad day. <laughs> When, when I'll tell the, him
2: KFC's closed. I was
1: going to say that when the Apple Store <laughs> closes down, that's <laughs> I will be bellowing <laughs> over here. Um, but yes, uh, this is Double Tap. Welcome to it. We're on YouTube. Come join us. Every time a new video shows up, it will appear here. You do that thing with the bell, and apparently that'll uh, make it happen. Ring, ring. I don't understand how it all works. I'm not one of these people, guys. I'm not mm. like a. I'm not like a seasoned YouTuber type. You see, I come from a world of. Um, Oh. Well, nothing, really. So, you yeah. know, I don't understand how all this works. So Teletext. You can yeah, exactly. You can figure this out for yourselves. You will know better than I how to follow the channel, how to subscribe and do all those things. So go do that if you want to catch more of this nonsense and some occasional technology chat as well. Are you looking forward to this, Sean? Are you, are you nervous about this?
2: Am I nervous about turning on a camera and appearing on YouTube? Uh, yeah, me. just a bit. Yeah, well, with you. I'm always nervous when I'm with you anyway. That doesn't matter. But uh, video as well. No, I'm going to look forward to it. This is going to be cool. More double tap and more interaction, hopefully, from our listeners. It's going to be great. Yeah, Well, that's a really important point, right? One of the things about our show is
1: that we live for our listeners and people who get in touch with us. You can obviously comment here and we'll add those comments into the conversation on the show as well. And of course, here on YouTube as well. Goodness me! This is this is an awful lot of work, isn't it? Remember the days I yeah, used I to just talk nonsense and people would listen and then hopefully listen and continue to listen. Nowadays you've got to talk back, you've got to follow comments,
2: I've got to do oh, things. Never mind that. You've got to this? put on clean clothes. I've got to I've wear got, trousers. I, shave to, I shaved today. I'm against it. Sorry, Mister F. It's all off. You're listening to the best of Double Tap on YouTube. I
1: have to say, I don't know how do you feel about sighted people uh, experimenting with what it's like to be blind have
2: you heard about this uh well i've seen it on a, a few occasions and you know i understand the curiosity absolutely
1: no this isn't for fun right people aren't going out and you know wearing dark glasses or you know just putting a blindfold on and heading out into traffic i mean that's not advisable and it's not what people are actually don't do doing. no don't, no, that's not, no that's not happening
2: please but Stephen, we need to be responsible here Please that is never going to happen.
1: I promise you. Thank but, you. But here's the thing. That's your job. You can do all that, right? They can stick <laughs> right. Listen, it keeps the lawyers okay. awake, all right. So just, you know, whatever. yes. At least, at least they they watch this. Um, yeah, that's a few more views. Exactly. Hello, lawyers. So <laughs> carry on. Um, no, what happens is sometimes in offices, sometimes in environments, sometimes on courses. There are what's called visual impairment awareness courses that happen in different parts of the world that can be called different things. But ultimately, what happens is sighted people are brought into the room and they're given what's called simulation glasses or sim specs, as they can also be called. And what they do is they simulate what it's like to have different eye conditions. Now, you've got RP, retinitis pigmentosa. Okay. So you could have a pair of glasses that would replicate. The various stages of RP, because of course it's a condition that deteriorates over time. So huh? you may have a gla- oh, sorry, I didn't mean to break that sorry. to you. Is this? An, are you not That's aware of this?
2: Unbelievable! Oh well, sorry. Yes, there you go. Quite right.
1: Breaking news. Thank you. Um, but here's the thing. <laughs> so on uh, on this particular case, you would have maybe a pair of glasses which show what it's like at the beginning, uh, maybe when you're younger, and then as you get older, how that that condition progresses. Now. With that in mind, uh, you're then giving someone the opportunity to experience that. I, I don't know. I just initially I've got an issue with that because I think to myself, Do I really like the idea of people blinding up?
2: Oh, blinding up. I see where you're going with that. I, I don't know. but You can understand the cur- curiosity around a disability, mm. can't you? Surely. I mean, even the, the main times that I've seen it used are with other members of a visually impaired person's family so they can get an idea, particularly if you've got a child who's visually impaired. So you can get an idea of exactly the needs that they may need met when it comes to, you know, print size, magnification, or even mobility with a cane, whatever it may be. But I can totally understand how someone would be, you know, because it's almost the shock value of how do you cope if you can't see? You know, the people always try and look at it as that is their worst case scenario almost, right?
1: Yeah, and I think that's the point, right? So, And again, I want to be very clear on this, although it's, I know we like to have a bit of a fun and carry on about these things. I think the truth is I, I don't see any malice in this. I think this is all about education, and I, I think that's good, but I think the question here is, is it the right way to educate people? Is this really the right way to educate people about what How our lives are like?
2: How else would you do it? Well...
1: This is where a video that came from YouTube got me interested. So a good friend of ours, James Rath, he's known as the blind filmmaker and he's on social media, he's on YouTube and and he's uh, legally blind, he lives in the States. And James, as he's been on our show, he's been on Double Tap, he's been on Access Tech Live, formerly Double Tap TV a few times with us. And um, he did a video recently with, uh, of course, a well-known YouTuber called iJustine. And he showed her what it was like... uh, uh, as he saw it, you know how he sees, essentially using these kind of simulation glasses. But he did something different in this video that I don't think I've seen before. Let's let's watch the video, and uh, we'll talk about it on the other side of this.
2: I was born with blindness, and YouTuber I Justine is going to experience what my eyes see while using her iPhone. Thanks to accessibility settings found in our phones, computers, and more, us blind folks can interact with our devices like anyone else in a variety of ways. It's like I'm already feeling like the eye fatigue of just the strain of trying to focus. Sometimes all you just need to do is zoom into the display to bring the operating system into focus. I mean, it's wild because seeing you do that without the goggles on, I mean, it just looked like everything was enlarged. And yeah. now, I mean, I can actually see like the apps. I can almost even read the text. And it feels
0: pretty intuitive definitely um maybe an eye-opening experience
2: Mm -hmm. i see what you Mm -hmm.
1: did there hi justine so a kind of simple video and it's one of those youtube shorts so you know a lot of information packed very tightly into that minute but Mm. what he did there was quite interesting because he showed justine how to use the iphone whilst wearing the simulation glasses Now, why is that transformative? Why is that interesting to me? Why is that more appealing to me than the ways I've seen it done before? Because the ways I've seen it done before is they ask someone to put these glasses on, like the RP glasses or any other kind of coma or age-related macular degeneration, whatever it is. They'll ask people to put those glasses on and then they'll ask them to do a task which often they fail at. Okay, so they might ask you to make a cup of tea or they might ask you to to, to do something which essentially leads to a challenge that maybe they can't do. And in a way, it's to kind of show you, I mean, the the purpose of it is to show you the challenge so you you realise that you end up overfilling your cup and you need to use a liquid level indicator to do it properly, all of that, right? And then you learn the solution. But the problem is that first moment sticks with people. That first, oh my God, I've just spilled water everywhere. That's the bit that's stuck, and most people this is tend so to frightening. Yeah. Yes. And and I think a lot of people leave these sessions feeling dejected, feeling this is something that's a negative. Now look, I'm not getting into the whole is blindness a negative or not, but that's another conversation for another day. But what I do think is interesting here is if people are leaving with a negative experience, can we turn that somehow into a positive? And I think what James Rath has done here with I, Justine points towards a solution. And it's technology, again, that comes as the saviour. And that is that technology, because we can. We, we all know our technology. I mean, you know, Justine certainly knows our technology, right? <laughs> she knows it yeah, inside absolutely. out. So, you know, she can take that device. She knows roughly how to use it, but even without vision. She would have a sense of, of what she's looking at. She can put those glasses on. She might not be able to see the screen, but she's able to then listen to the voice, use voiceover, experience what it's like to use a phone without sight. And as you heard, you know, she was able to take a picture. She had a lot of success. And I think that is possibly more powerful and a more powerful way. If you really want to show people what it's like to be blind, you've, I think you've got to show a positive outcome. You've got to show something which tells the person, at the very least, that this isn't the worst possible thing to happen to you. Now, look, I know blindness is challenging. I'm not sitting here saying it's anything else. I know. It's easy. It's easy, apparently. Oh, yeah, it's great fun. Yeah, I love it. (laughs) Best thing ever. And, you know, the thing is the problem with charities, right? Because charities around the world will, will often have two stories. You know, to the blind people, it's we want to be here for you because we know it's challenging. To the outside world, everything's great if you just give us money. And, yes. you know, that's the, that's the dilemma for charities out there. They're trying to promote that. But I think the problem here is that we're often left with a sense, publicly, a sense of negativity that is fostered and continues to be fostered over time. Can technology solve that? Now, in and of itself, no. But with that example, what it shows is that someone like James can sit down with someone like Justine, who's probably never experienced voiceover, and have a chance to try it, whilst at the same time experimenting and understanding a little bit more about what, James's vision's like. Now, she will never come away. No one will ever come away really knowing what that experience is like. But what she might come away with is, well, do you know what? This might be challenging, and it certainly is.
2: But at least technology works for me. So that's my take. Hmm, that's an interesting take as well. I did wonder where you were going with this. I, I will be honest, but I, I get it. I totally get it. And I think there is one factor in James's and I Justine's video there that is key to all of these experiences, these hey, do you know what it's like if you've, you know, got less vision or visually impaired? Mm. And that is the blind person in the room. Um, yes. That's the difference. Yes. Because I didn't think about that. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> the fact that James is living that life, you know, is visually impaired, it's a huge difference because you do know, okay, this is, yes, there's challenges, but you know what, you, you learn to overcome them or there's this technology in place, this accessibility feature there that means I can use a smartphone and, and everything like that. I think you're absolutely right. There is a danger here that... And I think it it links in with the charity aspect because I'll be um, honest with you, I kind of understand the challenge that charities have got. Because on one hand, it's, isn't this almost a pity? Isn't this sad? Mm. Um, You know, they got to bring people in to get, you know, to monetize it almost, to get funds in in order to put services in place. So uh, on one hand, we're playing this, we need help card. On the other hand, is, hey, I, uh, even if you're blind, you can be perfectly independent. You know, there's challenges, but you can work past them. There is life um, uh, uh, when you're visually impaired. That is absolutely fine. So it is a, a balancing act. But I think when it comes to something like this, it's a very interesting you point you bring up there about could it be just too negative? Because for someone who's 20-20 vision, fully sighted, putting on some of these SIM specs... It could be frightening, and that you know that alone could be enough to, okay, visual impairment is just a terrifying experience. Yeah, and in the case of depending if we're talking corporate here and on some sort of course, it could give across the um, the attitude that you know what visually impaired people really aren't capable to do certain things when in reality, I'm perfectly capable of using a computer, a smartphone, or whatever, or doing lots of jobs. Um, whereas you know the, the general mainstream perception may be, well, how could a blind person do that? So I think that the key point to all of this is, as a lot of things we talk about, is that actually the conversation with or having the visually impaired person actually involved in the first place.
1: You know, if you watch these videos and you listen to our show often enough, you will learn very quickly that we are not shy to bring up topics that other people might not. And the reason for that is because what we're about here at Double Tap is You know, this is our lives. This is Sean and I talking about our experiences, our lives. We're not giving you any kind of, you know, diktat here. This is not a case of, well, this is what we should do. This is a conversation that we want you to get involved in because I want to know your take on all this as well. This isn't just about our views, but this is coming from us, okay? And it's important to understand that because, you know, as you've just said, Sean, oftentimes when people are doing these kind of courses, there's no blind people around. There's no one around, no, that's right. Or, and I've and actually been in one of these, I was actually in one where they asked me to wear the glasses, and the argument oh, was made, right. Well, maybe it would help you understand. And I'm like, Well, the problem I mean, there's, there's an obvious problem right there, which is it's Double not bright. going to do anything for me, right? It's just going to make, yes. you know, if you take
2: a black spot and stick it over a black spot, nothing's going to change, yeah. No, absolutely. So, and I'm always, I'll be honest, I'm not a hundred percent convinced. That these sim specs are an accurate simulation. How do how do you know? How do we, exactly. I can, how do we know? Well, well, the interesting thing I with the one, that, the one the one that I, was, but, uh, I justine was um, wearing
1: was I think something that was more te- it was more technical than that, and actually it'd be interesting to know more about that technology as well, because this was essentially a pair of almost like VR goggle type headset that she was wearing that right, was putting yes. the, the the different images in front, and that that's something I'm seeing more and more of. In fact. There's a lot of work going into this, not just for um, vision rehab, but also for dementia. There's a lot of work going into this ah, around right. dementia as well, and the experience someone may have with dementia. I, I think that you know, there's that danger, and I said earlier, blinding up, mm. you know, and not to get too controversial here, but you know, if, if I was to do other things, let's just say, to replicate yeah. another ethnicity or another gender, I think other people might consider that offensive. And I suppose my question is, you know, overall, is this just a little bit offensive or is there a better purpose to it? But then I often say, and I have said this many times on my show, and I think it's an important perspective to to leave us on today, which is if I take the word blind out of any sentence and replace it with the word black or woman, and then I replay that sentence back to myself, does Mm. it seem appropriate? So your thoughts, please. I'd love them. Comment below. And of course, you can email us on the show as well. Feedback at doubletaponair.com. We always try to bring you an interesting discussion and interesting perspectives. We'd love to hear yours as well. This is the best of Double Tap on YouTube. Find more videos and subscribe now by heading to YouTube and searching for Double Tap Video Now. We do know a little bit about what is coming from the Apple Vision Pro in terms of accessibility. And I thought we'd maybe get into some of that today because, you know, it's one of those things, you know, this is a new product, a new category. And the one thing about Apple products that people might not realise, I mean, blind people we know, but, you know, a lot of people might not realise that a lot of the products that Apple make are accessible to us. They've got accessibility features built right in, whether it's vision-related, whether it's hearing-related, whether it's motion, physical, motor, whatever it is, um they have some kind of accessibility feature that can make a difference to us. And uh, Vision Pro is no different, Sean Parise.
2: It isn't. I'm, I, I'm guessing some people will be surprised, maybe, um, that, that we're actually interested in the Vision Pro as it is primarily a visual device, right? It's, uh, ah, well, <laughs> that's oh, a different conversation, I think. Well, uh, well, yeah, it's definitely a different conversation. Um, but... Apple, as you rightfully say, have got a great reputation when it comes to accessibility. And to be fair, they're not the only company that makes their products accessible, Um, but they have a great um, reputation. And when something is released, a new product is released by Apple, there's an expectation in uh, in our community, the visually impaired community at least, that we're going to be able to use it. And the Vision Pro is no different. Well, that's right. And, and that's my point,
1: really, is that we know the products that come out from Apple will have accessibility in them. Now, usability, that's another question. And whether <laughs> we want to buy this product is another question. I, I'm not sure about the Vision Pro yet. I think its potential is huge, but I think the potential comes from the apps themselves that will be on the device. I'm not entirely concerned about the hardware. I'm more concerned about the software that's on it. Because frankly, if there's nothing on there that I can use, you know, with all the best will in the world, a 200-inch TV is not really any good to me. You know, as nice as it sounds, you know, being able to watch a a big, huge television in my living room without having to have a 200-inch TV in my living room sounds nice, but it doesn't really make any difference to me. I'm still not going to be able to see it. So there's those kind of elements, those things at this early stage, the things they've been promoting that sound brilliant. And I totally get why people are excited about it. I'm not going to poo-poo it. I think it's a great thing, but, you know, I'm blind, I don't have a use case for it. But there are things I could have a use case for. So, for example, at the minute we use apps like Be My Eyes. You might have heard about this, the app that helps us as blind people connect with the sighted people out there uh, who are volunteering their time on this app. If you haven't uh, downloaded the app and become a volunteer, if you're sighted, then you absolutely should. If you're blind, you absolutely must have this app because it's it's just wonderful. It's free to use. If you're blind, you can connect with a sighted person you know, I wonder if those socks are matching or if that top is covered in gravy, Sean. <laughs> yes, I've, I've changed my top. To the, to the conversation fun. of five minutes ago. Yes. Um, <laughs> that's what Be My Eyes is about, right? It's about just connecting people who are sighted to say, look, can you help me with this? You know, I, I remember the first time I really used Be My Eyes properly and it was I was in a card shop. I was buying a card for my wife. This What happened to me was I, <laughs> I was in the card shop. And I uh, had previously bought my wife a birthday card, which said happy anniversary on it. That was a of little embarrassing. Um, so, you know, I didn't want to do that again. So I'd gone into the store. I had spent some time going through all the different cards and used Be My Eyes. And the person who was with me was able to see the card, read the card, show, tell me a bit about the images, the pictures on the card. And we were able to find a really nice one that my wife liked. And that was it. And basically what I'm saying is I got into the good books uh, thanks to Be My Eyes.
2: Yes, so you love "Be My Eyes" now. Yes, absolutely. Basically, it's like initiating a video call with a volunteer. It's fantastic. FaceTime, it works yeah, it's just so a FaceTime well. call,
1: but with a volunteer, yeah. right? So you know, imagine that on something like Vision Pro, where you don't have to have your phone in hand, you can just basically wear the headset and be able to do all of that. And of course, there's so much more we could do. Colour identification, light identification, reading documents, just holding the document up. You get a letter in the post, you can just hold it in front of you. If a parcel arrives, you can find out who exactly that parcel's for before you yep. rip into it. The amount of times I have opened up my neighbor's parcels.
2: Yes. <laughs> but it's okay. Play the blind card. It's oh, fine. Oh, I didn't
1: worst. know. Uh, I'm so sorry. I mean, most of the time I'm giving the stuff back to the, the neighbour. Sometimes it's like, well, I could use
2: that. Um, Wait, you realise people may watch this? Stephen's no Scott, one's watching. Say, don't worry. Oh, it's that's fine. That's all right, You confessed on the internet, watched by millions. No one's kidding. <laughs> no uh, but
1: anyway, that all aside, as much as that would be wonderful to have, that's not where we will be, I don't think, on day one. Yeah, we might be there on day five or day ten or day twenty. I don't know. We just don't know yet. But one thing we can tell you is how the device can be used by people who are disabled, and that's really important. So I'm going to start with us because I'm extremely selfish. Yes, And um, (laughs) I want to talk about voiceover. Now, voiceover is the screen reader that exists on an iPhone. It is a fantastic thing. It helps me and helps you use our phones, right? We can pick up our phone and what you guys can see, uh, we can tap on the screen and I'm able to hear back. I'm able to get audible feedback. Uh, And, you know, so many examples of this out there these days, which you can can listen to and, and get a sense of. And it means anybody at any point in life can use a smartphone, whether they're blind or not. Uh, or whether you're sighted or not even. So voiceover is coming to Vision Pro. So we can tick that one off. That one is coming. We know it's coming. definitely. Uh, And basically be able to move by uh, gestures, because of course this is very much using hand gestures, this device. So you have your hands out in front of you. You would swipe right, swipe left with your hand. Uh, You can use voice commands as well. And everything that you would see on screen would be read aloud uh, using voiceover. So that is pretty cool. Now, for people who are low vision, that is, of course, going to be really useful. There will be magnification capabilities in this as well. For people who perhaps need to zoom in on something or look at something up close, uh, that feature will be there as well. But, of course, not all disability is blindness, and there are lots of other disabilities. I mean, for example, um, people who perhaps can't necessarily uh, speak to use voice commands. Some people use pointer control which is a thing where you essentially can use a large wand. Some people have this as a physical device, and that will certainly be the case. You can have this physical device in your hand or attached to certain fingers that will allow you to point to what it is you're trying to point to in the device. So on the virtual screen in front of you, you can point to whatever icon it is you want to use uh, or interact with, and you'd be able to control that, which is pretty cool.
2: Very cool, yeah.
1: And then there's an eye track pointer as well and hand gesture as well. So tapping your forefinger and your thumb together, for example, can be used to select. Now, of course, we've heard this already. This is a feature called double tap. <laughs> no relation to us. Um, <laughs> although we, we absolutely think it is. Yes, uh, but, we came up with it. Yeah, ah, Well, exactly. We we were here first. I mean, it's why I put that out there. So, um, yeah. <laughs> Except I th- the lawyers I, aren't watching. I think the lawyers have woken up again. <laughs> i getting some weird signals over here. Uh, but... Uh, yeah, basically, uh, what you have here is the ability to to double tap, you know, tapping your forefinger and your thumb together, and that allows you to do it create an action essentially. And um, this is something which you know is great for a lot of people. But if you don't have control of your hands, there's a feature called dwell control that allows you to dwell your eyes on a certain element long enough for it to be activated. And this is what's wonderful about the accessibility within Apple, right? So. Where something might not work for us, like for example, looking at something long enough for it to be activated wouldn't work for us, No, that is something that very much could help someone who's in this position, who maybe can't use their hands to do it. This is what I love about all this. And of course, the other thing about accessibility at Apple, Sean, is that a lot of these features can kind of work together, right? You've found this over the years.
2: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's like voice control and voiceover on my smartphone. Um, absolutely play nicely together without a problem. And it could be a case, you know, it's not just one disability for one person. You could have multiple disabilities or a spectrum of a certain disability and a spectrum of another disability. And the fact that you can almost pick and mix, you can customise these accessibility features. You know, uh, the the default uh, way is eye gaze. In the vision pro where you look at uh, an item and it knows that's what you want to you know it almost selects it for you just going off what you're looking at from inside the vision pro i mean very cool but obviously that wouldn't work for me i'm unable to pick something out like that so you can turn that off and instead turn voiceover on and it's that thought that apple always puts into these products which makes them so desirable To us, definitely. Now, again, accessibility is different from actually a use case. Is it usable by me? Is there something, I, a reason why I'd want to use this product? So far, we don't know. But when it comes to accessibility, it's looking really good. Yeah.
1: And, you know, for people who have hearing issues, you know, maybe you're you're deaf or you're hard of hearing, uh, then, you know, let's say, for example, you're watching media or you're uh, doing a FaceTime or Zoom call, subtitles can be customised as well. So you could have you know a large font, if you like. Maybe your vision's not great either, and you maybe need to get that larger font. You can make it as large as required. This is something which I found in the Apple TV to be extremely useful when my vision was a little bit better. Now, I must admit, you can make that text so big that it pretty much takes up the entire screen. <laughs> Yes. You know, if ever there was an opportunity for a second screen display I would want
2: it just for those subtitles. Um, another 55 inch TV just for the subtitles <laughs> for the underneath. Subtitles, yeah.
1: <laughs> but it's a great feature, you know it's a brilliant thing and it can help people be able to, you know, understand something, you know, and just be able to to, to follow along. I mean that's what subtitles are all about for deaf people to be able to follow that kind of media. And you yeah. know I mentioned FaceTime or Zoom calls because of course these days in Zoom all of this is, you know, captions are available inside Zoom meetings live. And on FaceTime, you can have the same feature as well. So even, you know, someone who's totally deaf can use, can, can do a FaceTime call if, for example, they are perhaps not able to do sign language. So, yep. you know, that's a wonderful thing. And, you know, it's interesting. I was talking to someone once who talked about the challenge of, of not being able to do sign language. And I said, oh, is that common? And they said, no, no, I broke my hand. Like, ah. of course. Guy broke yeah. his hand, so he couldn't sign for a while. So he
2: needed to rely on captioning. And that's a you know, so temporary disability. It, it's Even within something... our community. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, excellent point.
1: And of course, the other one to mention is the, the reduce animations feature, which is a brilliant thing. Reducing animations, reducing transition effects, it helps anyone with a cognitive impairment or anyone who suffers from motion sickness. And if you do, then you can turn these features off so that you don't get as much of that whoosh and whash and bang and wallop and kazam and uh, other sounds are available. Other,
2: yes, well done. (laughs) Abracadabra. We don't, less of that.
1: Yeah, exactly. Less abracadabra, wakazoo, <laughs> or whatever that thing was from the film. Um, but also I also want to mention, you know, I mentioned gestures, okay, but there's another thing to consider here and that is the input side. So gestures is one input, but we can also use Braille displays with this, us blind folks. We can use our Braille displays. Oh,
2: that's we can cool. Also, I did not know that.
1: Yeah, yeah. You'll be able to connect a Braille display to it and, uh, which of course is wonderful, not just for us, but for deafblind people too. Yeah. Um, and you'll be able to connect a regular keyboard to so a regular Bluetooth keyboard. And that is something that will probably be encouraged in the mainstream conversation, I'd imagine, because typing on that keyboard might be rather challenging on the, yes. the virtual screen. Um, but there's a lot of people saying, ah, I'm just going to use a regular keyboard. And I think that's going to be popular, too. But that is also something that makes it more accessible to us and many others as well. So lots of accessibility features. That's what we know so far. Uh, It's unlikely here, uh, Double Tap, we're going to get our hands on our Vision Pro anytime soon because I'm too tight to
2: buy it. He's definitely too tight to buy it. Absolutely. But you never know. Hello, Apple. I love you. You never know. We may get one for a review. Yeah, but it's not out in the UK yet. That's
1: the point. It's not available in the UK. Uh, where we are so uh, coming soon a review but you know we can say that because there's absolutely no chance of us ever getting our hands on it so (laughs) that's
2: one promise we don't have to worry about but the point is that if we did we would be able to use it and i i don't think we can sort of uh, overstate that enough it's so nice it's so refreshing to have a company where you think you know what it's going to be accessible
1: yeah so that's our uh, thoughts on apple vision pro accessibility are you going to buy one are you blind are you considering it hey if you're not blind are you thinking about buying it because look there's not going to be that many available when they do come out Uh, I think you'll be more likely to get hen's teeth at that point so um, we shall see you're listening to the best of Double Tap on YouTube hello welcome to uh, Double Tap on YouTube and uh, I'm here with Matt Ater we are continuing our conversation that we had on air on Double Tap and uh, you can go check out the podcast and the links in the show notes below. But uh, Matt Ata back uh, with us here on YouTube. Uh, You know, here we are. We're on the internet together. Uh, I think it's the future. That's what they tell
0: me. The internet's Uh, the future?
1: uh, uh, That's what they tell me. I mean, I know nothing. (laughs) So, you know, I just go. I go where I'm told. Mr. F says, go here. I go there. He says, I'll get the numbers up. Apparently, my face will bring in the viewers. I am... (laughs) I have some issues with this, I have to be honest. And going by the going by some of the comments, I think they do too. Uh, anyway, let's talk about the sphere because you were at CES, but you were uh, getting a chance to wander about Las Vegas as well. And uh, you got a chance to go to the sphere. And I just want to get a, a sense from you about that experience because I think from a low vision perspective, part of me feels from a, a vision perspective overall, you kind of need to have a fair amount of it to enjoy the sphere. Tell so,
0: yeah, so... um I don't see anything out of one eye and my other eye. It's like 2,600 tunnels. So I'm not going to get the full exposure of a screen as big as Sphere. So, so I was. Um, sphere is huge. I'll just start with that. Okay. 18,000 people sitting vertically up. Okay. Oh, wow. um, right. Okay. Yeah. So it's in, in the screen. For anybody who's ever done IMAX, now just immerse yourself more than what IMAX does. Now when my, when we bought our tickets, we were being very price sensitive and we ended up in like the top level, but at the bottom of the top level, I actually loved it for the movie we were in. Um, And basically, you know, at one point an elephant's running at you. Okay. And the entire seat shaking and the sounds around it, around you were all immersive. And, but it's, it actually felt like you were right there with the elephant. Now, the downside is that there's really no audio description in the current product. So, I the, the one thing I would say is that what's missing is the, the audio description. So, I did something different. I actually opened up Be My Eyes, and I used the AI, AI feature, and I took pictures every minute and let that describe it to me. So... The scenes in the, the the movie that we went to is all about the Earth. Um, they were probably a minute per scene. And so, you know, I get a fixed picture of the fact that it was an elephant on the screen before the elephant had run at me. Um, the next screen was about a giraffe and it told me the giraffe and described it to me. Uh, there was a scene with a sharks on the screen and the shark swam at you and opened its mouth and like all of that kind of stuff. So I would get a fixed shot instead of a video shot description of it. Could have I called someone, had them describe it, maybe, but I also wanted the immersive sides of the sound that were around me, and mm-hmm. I wanted the, the to be exposed to that. So, you know, even though I didn't have audio description, which I think may have been a little overkill if they do too much talking, because it is all about the sounds as well, I loved using Be My Eyes for this experience. There was one scene, and I, I can't even – I wish I had saved the pictures, but, you know, I don't think we get to save the pictures unless you take it outside the the app. Because I'd love to go back because there was a scene where there was some people and they described the people based on who they were, based on the, what they were wearing in Africa. So they, the, you know, Be My Eyes is really smart with this stuff. And it nailed it, like the description of what it was. Wow.
1: That's incredible. So could you see any any of it at all? Could
0: you really Yeah, I mean, I could tell there was an elephant. Once it told me it was an elephant, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's an elephant. Um, When it says a giraffe, you could see, like, I could tell the the tall neck of the giraffe. Um, I knew they were sharks before it described it as sharks because um, I could see the fin enough, but I could also hear the water and them swishing around in the water. Right.
1: Well, that's so, right. So it's a multi-sensory as well. Yeah. So it gives you that yeah, extra. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, it's the full height in front of you, right? Is it the full size in front of you? Yes. It comes up and over you? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Up and over. And I and being up high. I liked it because, you know, I feel like we got more of it. I have a friend who had been at the YouTube, YouTube show and he said he was down lower and he thinks that for that show it was better being down lower. Now were
1: they live in the sphere?
0: They were, yes.
1: And, and is it? And I guess that's projected onto the screen as well. Well, correct. So that people up the yep. top can see. That's incredible. Yep. That's yep. incredible. So is, is, is is it 3D? Is that the idea, or is it?
0: I you didn't wear 3D glasses, so as a person who's right. probably never felt that, but it kind of feels it when that shark came at me. I jumped. <laughs> okay, just to be clear. Yeah. And so you felt like you're right there in the water with it. Because the screen is,
1: I mean, this is all going by description from what people have told me, but it sounds to me like you're inside a gigantic ball.
0: Yes, exactly.
1: That's the best way I can describe it. It's like you're inside a mini world of its own. Because on the outside of it, you've got a big giant screen as well. And that screen can be anything, right? Oh, yeah. So like, My favorite was when it broke down at some point and it was like a Windows sad face or something.
0: (laughs) Well, when I had- iOS update um, required, you know? I looked out my window and I and I was on the phone with somebody, so I did FaceTime and they they said it was a Tetris game going on on the side right. of the ball. <laughs> yeah,
1: it could so. be a basketball, it could be It Earth, could be anything. Could be, I think it was an eye of a dinosaur or something at yep, one at yep. one point.
0: The Android um uh it's the, whatever the Android animal creature is that's moving around the screen once, you know, so yeah. Uh, oh, you wonder amazing, if someone's you wonder if someone's paying to get that on there, by the way.
1: Oh, I mean, I have no doubt there'll be money absolutely changing hands because you want to – I mean, I'm, I'm wondering if we get the double tab logo on there, but I think we might be pushing it. Um, but, I mean, I guess my question to you is, you know, is there is there a value in sort of visiting that? If you're going to Las Vegas and you're blind or low vision, is it worth doing it?
0: I think it all, it all, it all depends about the show and what you bring with you right now until audio description gets out to mm-hmm. be able to get the rest of the experience. If you went to U2 concert – would you still go to a U2 concert and just listen to them? Probably. And there was yeah, probably other, you know, you're getting the music and you're getting the sounds, you're getting the vibrations from other things. So I I, I feel like you're going to get some level of a different experience than what you're used to in the movies. So I would do it for sure. Okay. Well, but I um, love
1: next I did, time I'm in Vegas, we'll do it. Let's Next time you and I what can meet in
0: Vegas instead of London. All right.
1: Well, at least the good thing is we might be able to find our way to that sphere. It's, it's certainly big enough.
0: Yeah, it's bright it enough. Landmark. It's bright enough, for sure. <laughs> I, I, I would say that the, the what I would plan for is definitely have tools like Be My Eyes or something like it mm. so that you have some way of getting some descriptions when you need it. Now, they tell you not to use your phone and don't take pictures, so I turn the screen off on my phone Smart and, move. Yep. Screen and just it's handy. plugged in, plugged in my headphones and took pictures. And my family are looking over to the right and saw me doing it. So they knew what I was doing. So, mm.
1: and you were with your family. So, you know, we I guess you didn't need assistance, but that's an option as well. Right. I mean, I'm
0: guessing just to, I could have had them seat. describe it, but there's a lot of people around you. Right. So do you well, really, I mean, want... I mean
1: more about getting in. So once you actually get into the place, you know, getting to your seat, you know, cause it's, that's the other side. Yeah. It's like room. a stadium.
0: That's... It's like any stadium though. Yeah, you're gonna you you know, get
1: people to help you with that.
0: Yeah. And and yeah. It, and That's if great. you have vertigo, um you may not want to do it because it is it's um very high up um and it's steep.
1: Well it's, it's like a friend of mine said to me once, he said, Have you got vertigo? I said, No, I just live around the corner. <laughs> Good joke. Um Matt, thank you for coming on, staying with thank us. Thank you, Steven and, uh, thanks for coming on to Double Tap. It's always a pleasure. Enjoyed it. You've been
0: listening to the best of Double Tap on YouTube. New videos are published throughout the week. To make sure you don't miss out, head to YouTube and subscribe now. Search for Double Tap Video. Thanks for listening and catch you next time.
1: Join us weekly for The Pulse with host Joita Gupta, who brings us closer to issues impacting the disability community across Canada. Watch The Pulse on YouTube or listen wherever you download your AMI podcasts.